there and welcome to the podcast Biblical Question. Today we're going to talk about Joseph, a man of character. You'll be in Genesis 39 for the most of this duration of this podcast. If you have a Bible and can follow along, I would always encourage you to do so. You know, I also encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com and there you can find uh, how to contact us. We're starting up a prayer request page and you have prayer requests. Uh, we can certainly post that on there for you. We have quite a few hits now on our webpage every week, and so others will be able to pray for you as well. You can also follow us on social media, and you can find those links on our webpage as well. We're on Twitter and LinkedIn, and have not figured out how to really do Facebook yet. They're not being real friendly at the moment. So if you want to follow along, it would be good in your Bibles. Again, Genesis chapter 39. We live in a in a time today now where really integrity means nothing. It is hard to tell the good guys from the bad guys. Growing up, the good guys in the movies, they always wore a white Stetsons or rode on a white horse. And they always did what was right. And they never compromised the truth, even when the truth might hurt. Webster, his dictionary defines integrity as, quote, a firm adherence to a code of especially moral values, end quote. A person like this seems really hard to come by these days. Presidents, leaders of the military, school teachers, uh, they all seem to be falling down all around us, even family and friends. But then we say, well, they're only human. Integrity does not mean perfect. It does, however, imply the type of character that would admit wrongdoing and repent of it. Where are the heroes? Where are those who show integrity? In today's podcast, we're going to look at a summary and a reflection of the life of Genesis, in Genesis 39, the life of Joseph. Joseph, if, if the Old Testament has a perfect character, uh, Joseph would be the obvious candidate. It is not by chance that many scholars use Joseph as a type of Jesus figure, foreshadowing the perfection of our Lord Jesus. Joseph was the first son of Jacob and Rachel, and Jacob loved Rachel, and he favored Joseph over all his sons. And this would make others jealous, and it really does not help matters when Jacob would give Joseph a very special coat. The distinctive factor uh, probably came with the interpretation of Joseph's dreams. He dreamed his father, mother, and his brothers all would bow down before him. Because of jealousy, and then Joseph would be sold into slavery by his own brothers, and those people in the caravan who bought him would in turn sell him to Potiphar. It is in Potiphar's house where Joseph's unique talent for his administration and his integrity are seen. Integrity means no compromise. In Genesis chapter 39, we see Joseph is put in charge of Potiphar's household because of his godly character and integrity. He has found favor with Potiphar. Chapter 39, verse 4 through 6 says, so Joseph found favor in his sight, 
and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put in his charge. It came about from that time he made him overseer in his house, and over all that he owned the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all he owned in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned to Joseph's charge, and with him there was there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Now Joseph was a handsome man in form and appearance. It's difficult to, to maintain personal integrity in a different culture with, with a different value system. And that's exactly what's happened to Joseph. He's gone from uh, one type of culture into another. And again, the clearest example of Joseph's ability to maintain his high degree of integrity is going to come up when he's tempted by Potiphar's wife. The clearest example of Joseph's ability to, to maintain his highest degree of integrity was, again, this temptation by a, a woman. And it's very difficult for men, to, especially if they're young, I would say, to be able to uh, fight off those temptations. And without a godly a foundation laid by parents, uh, there's not much of a chance in a lot of times. Picking back up in verse 6. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, and with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food in which he ate. Now Joseph was a handsome man in, in form and appearance. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put me in over all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? As she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her and did not lie beside her or to be with her. Verse 11. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the household were inside. She caught him by the garment saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and he fled and went outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside. She called to the men of the household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to make sport of us. He came in to lie with me, and I screamed. Verse 15. When he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with these words, The Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came in to make sport of me. And I raised my voice and screamed, and he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Now when his master heard the words of his wife which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me, 
his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him in jail in the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in jail. Consider Joseph's situation here. He, he's been bought as a slave by Potiphar. He's been elevated to the top of his household. He is seduced by his master's wife, not once or twice, but apparently continuously, if I understand the text correctly. And Joseph would gather, rather run uh, and go to jail than betray his master, his integrity. But notice here his response again to Potiphar's wife. I think it's very important. How can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? He considers if if he gave in to this temptation of his mistress, uh, he would betray not only his master, but also God. God held a position in Joseph's high eyes that were very high, and because Joseph honored God, he would honor Potiphar. Yet even with this temptation, uh, he would not give in, even when the situation was such that no one else would ever know, but Joseph knew that God would always know. I recall a friend that who had been unfaithful. And while talking to her about the situation, she she came to the a conclusion. No matter how hard you try to hide it, there's one person who always knows the wrong that you did, and that's you. No matter what we did to hide our sin, it always seems to find us out. But more importantly, there are two who always know, God and us. And Joseph knew even if Potiphar or anyone else never found out, God would know and he could not commit such a sin that's so horrible before his God. In the middle of an interview, a police officer was on a hiring board and they asked this sure of himself candidate, if no one would find out, and no one got hurt, would you lie for a million dollars? The young man thought for a moment and said, if no one found out and no one was hurt, sure, I, I would think about it. Then he was asked, would you lie for a dime? The young man, he, he shot back and said, no way. What kind of a man do you think that I am? The applicant was told, I've already determined what type of person you are. I was just trying to find your price. You see, we could all go on and talk about Joseph's integrity, even in prison, when he's told the good news as well as the bad news to the baker and the cupbearer as he would interpret their dreams. More importantly, Joseph, he never lost his faith even in prison. He held on to his trust in God, even in terrible situations that you and I could probably never understand or know. In this way, he, he shows us as a type of Christ, or a foreshadowing of Jesus, innocent of crime, yet taking the punishment due another. Even as important as it is, Joseph's integrity is shown in a later time. Integrity does what is right even when everyone else is doing wrong. Later in life, Joseph is taken from prison 
and he will interpret a dream for Pharaoh. And because of his interpretation of the dream, Joseph is made second in command of all of Egypt. However, the story of Joseph's integrity does not end. I'll take you to a little later time here in Joseph's life. Joseph has been in charge now for some time. There's hunger in the land, in the entire civilized world, including Jacob and his people, are hungry. So Jacob would send his sons down to Egypt to buy food and grain. And Joseph will recognize his brothers as they approach. This is Joseph's character. He is able to forgive. And this takes integrity. To forgive someone who has sinned against us, who has harmed us, whether that harm was intentional or does not matter. You know, we forgive. For that is the highest virtue of a Christian life, is to have a forgiving spirit. It is probably the most obvious Joseph's virtue and of integrity. You know, we, we struggle in our world where brothers cause problems against brothers. People do things at work to try to get you in trouble. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, and, and people will lie, and they don't care as long as they win. That's really sad. And they'll take advantage of people too. And we have to be careful that we are not falling into a worldly trap. And that we are able to forgive and show our integrity. But here now is the secret of Joseph's ability to forgive. He looked back and, and he understood. God had allowed him to be sold into slavery because he had a plan for him. A plan to, to rescue Jacob, his father, in the household from the phantom. When he looked back, he, he understood that God allowed the injustice for him to be wrongly accused by Potiphar's wife. was because God had a plan for him. A plan to allow him to meet with the cupbearer in prison. And when he looked back, he understood why God allowed the cupbearer to forget about him and to leave him in prison when the cupbearer was restored to his former position in, with Pharaoh. It was because God had a plan for him, a plan for the cupbearer to finally introduce him to Pharaoh. You see, there are people who do not believe in God and therefore do not believe in God that he has a plan for everyone including them. They will look at these uh, incidents as, as isolated events. For Joseph, he can look back and he can clearly see the perfect will of God in his life. There are incidents that are, that are no longer incidents, just happen by chance, but they are all because of the providence of God. More importantly, it allows Joseph to forgive others in times of difficulties, in prison or in slavery. He did not bear a grudge against those who had wronged him because he knew these injustices, misfortunes, can only happen under the will of God. He may not have understood them early on, but he will understand them one day later when he would get older. Joseph, his forgiveness is not just for his brothers, but it is extended to the outside of the family.
We do not hear that, that Joseph pays back Potiphar's wife for trying to seduce him and lie about him. Nor do we read anywhere that Joseph getting back even with Potiphar for putting him in prison unjustly or even that of the cupbearer for forgetting about him and correctly interpreting his dream while they were in jail together. The argument from silence may not be convicting, but it is consistent with the character of Joseph. We should not simply read Joseph's life story as a recipe for success in the corporate and bureaucratic type world that we live in. He, he had this focus to the future through Jacob. Joseph understood and accepted God's promise to his people lies not in green pastures of Egypt, but in the promised land of Canaan, the land of milk and honey that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob, as the last instructions before he would pass away, would give his son Joseph a way that, hey, I want to be buried in a cave in Canaan, in our ancestral land. And likewise, Joseph on his deathbed, would ask his brothers to bring his bones out of Egypt. And you can read that and follow up with that in Genesis chapter 50. The Hebrew writer in chapter 11, verse 22, writes, By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made a mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. When the author of the Hebrew that commented on the heroes of faith in the Old Testament. When he came to Joseph, he did not praise him for his achievements or his ability to interpret dreams or any other administrative-type skills he carried, not even for his ability to forgive his brothers. The entire life of Joseph, the single incident where he singled out, was the last act of Joseph. His instructions to his sons and the sons of Israel, that they should bring his bones out of Egypt and therefore prophesying that God would bring his people out of Egypt. In the end, the greatest success story of Joseph is not so much of his government achievements, no matter how impressive they might be, but his greatest achievement is his single focus was to follow, to trust, and to obey God, no matter what the consequences and what situation he found himself in. I know Joseph has been an inspiration to me, and, and I pray and trust through study of his life, it will also be an inspiration to you. Thank you for listening to the podcast today, A Biblical Question. Uh, hope that you're encouraged by listening. If you want to find out more about us, again, I encourage you to go to our webpage, biblicalquestion.com, and there you can find links to our social media accounts on Twitter and LinkedIn, and you can also contact us uh, through the webpage if you have a question about the Bible uh, or if you have a prayer request. We're opening up a page again on our on our webpage to, to post prayer requests that come in, and we do have uh, quite a few hits a week on our, our webpage. And so others can see that and pray for you as well. And I would encourage you uh, to, to do that. We thank you and we pray for all of our listeners. And I hope that you're praying for us as well. And may God have the glory. Mm-hmm.